All right, it's my pleasure to welcome this week's show, Lauren Miller, who's calling in from Colorado. Hi, Lauren. Hi, Janine. How are you today? Fantastic. I really enjoyed meeting you. I didn't meet you personally, but I saw you speak on Michelle Patterson's Love Fest, and I thought, I really want to find out if you could join me on my show, so I'm so glad you could make it happen. Great. I'm, th- I'm thankful to be invited. I read about your about you on your bio that you sent, but if you could tell the listeners a little bit about, you know, something you went through. I know you shared a story how you were going through a divorce, and I think it was a week before you got some really unbelievable news about your health. Sure. Absolutely. So back in 2006, one week prior to my final divorce court date, I had three young children at the time. They were 8, 10, and 12. I was diagnosed with advanced cancer. And uh, I I remember uh, the phone call, because it wasn't a good opening line, just saying. Yeah. (laughs) It was, are you sitting down? Oh, no. For for all of you listeners out there, not a good opening line to uh, pump the anxiety in in, in people's lives. You know, it's interesting, Janine, because I, you know, I've been in my field of of human resources development, particularly in the area of stress management, and um, out of all of the book knowledge that I have been um, blessed to, to learn and pass along, my greatest training came when I was boots on the ground in the trenches uh, fighting for my own life mm. as I looked into the faces of my three, three young children at the time. It was truly, you know, there was one time I was in the shower and uh, I was, di- you know, my background too, just for my own sport is martial arts. And so I was in the Colorado State Championship, and I was knocked out actually in the ring a couple of years prior to the diagnosis. And I remember thinking I didn't train four hours a day, six days a week for a year to go down like this. And sure. that thought came back to me, you know, when I was diagnosed with the advanced cancer. I thought, okay, God, thank you for an opportunity to earn my PhD in suffering because uh, I know that this will be able to be repurposed for a greater good to, to, mm. to help the people entrusted to my care. And it has been. But just having that insight to say that to yourself is tremendous. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you know, and that, and that I, I'm a very physical person, no shocker there, being, you know, having some black belts and stuff. Yeah. So <laughs> this, didn't come, this, didn't, this didn't come out, this didn't come out, out of the chute, uh, first go around, you know. Suffering is an interesting experience, you know. It, mm-hmm. it, 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 it takes a little while to come to the end of ourselves. Right. And so, you know, being a, being a strong personality, type A, and high I, D on the desk, which means, you know, basically if I had a t-shirt, it would, it would just say, go for it, <laughs> whatever it is. And this, and this time it happened to be my life. Yeah. And so no matter what the white coat said, with all due respect, I remember my response to that was, you know, I choose life down to the mitochondria. And, you know, I, I've got a master's certification training in a technique called EFT and it's, it's gaining, you know, I've been doing it since 2004 and it's gaining a lot of, uh, a lot of press in the last just couple of years. But I, I had the pleasure of training with the founder of it, the emotional freedom technique, which is the tapping. Oh, that's what I was going to ask you. Tapping? Yeah. Yeah. It's the tapping. It's, it's emotional freedom technique and it's basically you tap on a set, intentionally on a set, uh, set group of points. As you, as you state, it takes care of being psychologically versed. For example, even though the doctors told me that I have five years to live, and that's a true, truthful statement, um, I'm willing to love and accept myself right where I'm at, and I choose life no matter what. I choose to give God more authority 
mm-hmm. and healing power, more authority down to my cellular level than I do to the diagnosis. So I, I would do my own therapy because I was, I was, uh, you know, facilitating trainings and seminars on it back in 2006. And, and then I was given the incredible opportunity to be a student, which I believe the greatest teachers are constant students. So there was my yeah. boots on the ground training, you know, sure. let's see if this works in the midst of two of life's tough stressors at the same time. Right. And, and it actually does. It's one of my favorite techniques. I mean, I wrote a couple of books on stress management. I got to say, this is, you know, people will say, well, what's your favorite technique that I, that I still implement every day anytime it gets fun? I, you will find me, you know, tapping through the points and, and, and speaking, uh, you know, that piece back into my system and my mind, you know, we're the landlords of our mind and we're constantly, you bet. we fall asleep at the gate, you know, yes. we get free rent to fear, doubt and worry. And then all of a sudden our ship starts to sink. So it's, yeah. it's, it's taking back that power. We get the outside circumstance to, to determine what we believe we're capable of handling successfully, which is the definition of stress I use. Quick question. How, how long have sure. you been studying martial arts? So I studied martial arts for 17 years. I had the wow. pleasure to be trained by an eighth-degree black belt who actually worked and was, was part of working with the Olympic team. And um, it was an incredible experience because I was, I mean, God is a great repurposer, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I was able to take the training that I had, you know, for all those hours that I put in, you know, get up more and get up. You know, yeah. I fell, fell down a ton of times, you know, get back up. And um, that came back to me, those, those uh internal mantras I would say to myself, you know, in the midst of training. And and, and it's a, it was a man's sport, you know, at least where I was training. Yeah. I was many times the only woman in the entire dojo. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. So I was, you know, I was sparring with guys and, and yeah. uh, came home with lots of bruises, and, you know. And, mm-hmm. and my parents were like, why are you doing this? And it was very interesting because I... There's other reasons for that. Well, that was my question. Wait, wait, excuse me. That was my question, too. Why? What led you to study this in the first place? Yeah, great question. Uh, I grew up in New York, and uh, I always, it was was one of those things, and this could be another show, perhaps, but I I grew up in, like, a haunted house. It was legit haunted house. Like, I was interviewed one time by the X Factor. Really? Whoa. You know, and maybe that's why, maybe that's why I became an um, SME in stress management. Because I was constantly faced with the spiritual realm, right? Like mm-hmm. I would see things that would appear and disappear and doors open, close. And sometimes I'll watch those shows. I'm like, that's nothing compared to what I grew up oh, with. scary. <laughs> so, so, you know, <laughs> I would I never sleep over your house, honey. <laughs> I know. I know. I definitely have some fun stories. Was this Manhattan? But, Where was you know, this? Where was this? Manhattan? I, I lived in Long Island, close by, close to, you know, Anthony, Yeah. Though. I lived in Woodbury. And, uh, Got it. Oh, you did? Yep. No way. Okay. Yep. And then Manhattan, All but right. okay. I thought I, I thought I recognized a little, a little similarity. A little bit. Intonation. So, um, it was actually Northport was the town, but I remember, you know, we would drive by Amityville just, just for the heck of it. Compare ghost stories, I guess. Um, so, I basically used that kind of uh, fuel inside. I had stress kind of spills over to other buckets or containers when you have stress. If, if, you, if you don't become the boss of your circumstances and you let your circumstances be the boss of you, mm-hmm. the outer world be the boss of you, then, it, then it, 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 it's viral. It's a virus that needs to be quarantined, which is yeah. very popular words these days. Sure. And it needs to be quarantined or else it'll, it'll come out in ugly ways. And so so my way of quarantining was physically working things through, and it transferred also to a fear, different fears of being attacked. Like, I was afraid I was going to be attacked. It was like the mm-hmm. spiritual realm, and then 
breaking in my house. And I said, well, you know, I'm going to do something about that. As we have the choice point every time when we're threatened by something outside of ourselves to say, what do I want to do about it? That's a very powerful coaching question to ask yourself when you are feeling the outer pressure. Mm-hmm. What do I want to do about this? What, what resources do I have available? What resources do I need to gather to myself? So I chose physical, because I'm a physical person, I chose to really focus my talent, a talent, so I would I would feel empowered. That's great. So I, I kept going, you know, belt after belt, and then I got knocked out because I lost my, uh, I got knocked out from an illegal move in the ring, and I remember them counting down, and I popped back up, thinking at about four, ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, uh. and I popped back up, thinking... The thought that came to my mind when my eyes opened up was I didn't practice this long to go out like this. Right. And that Good. came back to me when I was facing death, right? So yeah. in less than a two-year period of time, I went through a, a divorce, a double mastectomy, 16 rounds of chemo, Ugh. six weeks of daily radiation, two years of experimental chemo, 14 surgeries because of third-degree burns on my back. They had to graft my back onto my butt. Now I don't know if I'm coming or going most days. I always joke around about that. It's now true. <laughs> my back's on my side. Oh, so, so it's, you know, most of staff infection flatlined two times in less than a two-year period of time. So that was the biggest black belt I've ever achieved. And it's really, you know, like I said, getting my PhD in suffering, which makes me very compassionate, wow. very, very compassionate yes. to, to people's journeys. You know, you can't you can't teach that in, in protocol and process and things you learn in human resources development. That's something that that you've got to experience and learn. Yes. And, and that was my greatest training, truly my greatest training, to be able to link and understand what makes people tick, mm-hmm. which is my passion. That is incredible. Oh, that's, that's a lot in less than 15 minutes period of time. I will share one story. Please, that, that I feel would, would help listeners today who feel or, or, or feel hijacked by the circumstances of COVID-19 particularly, mm-hmm. that, that you're giving more power to the circumstance and you're allowing that to dictate your sense of security and safety inside. Yeah. When you have an outer circumstance, we always have the choice point. I could have believed the diagnosis, and my, my oncologist was very straight up with me, and I was 38 at the time, I had three young children. When I looked in their faces, I thought, no way, I'm not going to give that authority. We always have a choice point. What are you giving authority to today? Mm. What is it? And you know that you're giving authority to something because you watch your behavior. There's fearful behavior, and there's confident, secure, and peaceful behavior. You know the difference. You've had enough life experience to be able to pull from those files from the past. It's what you choose to focus on and implement. Implement. Sometimes we have to act our way into feeling. I had to do this many times during the five-year treatment plan of acting my way into feeling and saying, no, I choose life, even though every, even though I was shaking in my boots. Yeah. I choose life. And I would continue to get myself up, go to another treatment, and then start to look for alternative treatments as well. One time, right after the double mastectomy, I was, I was, uh, had lost all my hair, and I, I had big Long Island hair. You can relate to this, right? <laughs> I had big Long Island hair. It was like halfway down my back. And again, my counselor said something very wise, and I was sobbing over the thought of losing my hair. That, which is such a trinket in life, such Isn't a shiny it? object, right? Yes. Such a shiny object. And I might lose my hair and my breasts and my eyelashes and eyelashes, eyebrows, so who would I be? I've got those big, thick eyebrows as well. <laughs> so when I lost all of that and I had the double mastectomy, I couldn't pull myself to look at myself in the mirror. I couldn't do it. 
And uh, and my mom, who's like Yoda of the family, simply said to me, well, then why don't you do what some other cultures do? Because they believe that the mirror robs the soul of its true identity. Mm. So cover the mirrors until you've upped your inner, inner game. And this is what I put out to listeners today. Cover the external perspectives. Unplug. Unplug from the news. Unplug from negative, negative uh, streams that yes. are coming into your brain that are filling your mind with, with triggers, the triggers that are that are triggering fear and self-doubt and worry and, oh my gosh, I, I just want to know. I have a podcast called Edge Got In, edgegotin.com, mm-hmm. and it's uh, the last uh, podcast is called I Just Want to Know. Mm. If I just know this, then I could be at peace. If I just know that, I can be at peace. So accept yourself where you're at and take some behavior in order to guard your heart and your mind. So I covered all my mirrors for three days. My three, my children now are 21, 24, and 26. And I still remember this time coming home from school and all the mirrors in the house were covered. And I explained to them why I did this behavior. And they really got it. Of course, mommy, we don't need to look in the mirror. You know, mm. we know God is with us and God loves us. They said the most beautiful thing. Oh. So three days went by. And I was in the tomb, so to speak, of my own mind, upping my inner game and remembering, remembering what I am and what I'm not, whose I am and whose I'm not. I remember I'm not the diagnosed, I'm not my hair, I'm not my breasts, my eyebrows. I really up that inner game through prayer mm-hmm. and reflection on, on my identity so I wasn't hijacked. So that the end of the three days came and the mirror, the, I remember pulling down the, the sheets that mm-hmm. were covering the mirrors and I closed my eyes, I took a deep breath and I just said, all right, God, help me to remember. Mm. My, identi- my identity has not been hijacked by what I see in the mirror. Mm. What I'm capable of handling is not hijacked by what I see in the mirror. And you can say the same thing today. Yeah. Dear God, help me to remember I'm not what I see around me. That doesn't define what I'm capable of handling successfully. So when the sheets came down, I saw myself in the, in the mirror, and I kind of jumped. I couldn't even tell if I was male or female or what identity I was. I got really close to the mirror, and I looked in my eyes, and I said, wow, I'm still here. Oh, I'm still here. Amazing. The very valuable lesson. experience. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And so then that was, you know, I learned how to live from the inside out versus the outside in. Mm -hmm. And 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 we're all triggered. We're all triggered during this time of, of uncertainty. So my question is, what are you certain about? Focus on what you are certain about. And put your time and effort into nurturing and expanding what you know to be true about who you are, mm-hmm. your identity from the inside out. They can't be hijacked by outer circumstance or define what you're capable of handling successfully. If I gave into that diagnosis, I wouldn't be on this interview today. You're right. I want to interject something that I, I always tell people. Don't watch the news. If you're going to watch it, watch it yep. briefly. Because every morning, every single morning, seven days a week, I take a walk, and it's usually around 7.30 in the morning, and I breathe, and I look at the sky, and I just look at the grass, and because and, I need that grounding, because there's, I feel like there's so much toxic stuff going on that if I let it go into me, it I feel sick. Absolutely. You're the gatekeeper. Yes. You're making, you're, you're, you're being a good gardener. I'm trying. You're being a good gardener. You know. And, you're, and, you're, and you, know, you know what are weeds in your life, or what needs to be pulled and pruned. Yeah, and I've had my own share of unhappiness and and scared times and scary people, and and I just try to you know center myself and take care of my mental, physical, emotional, and spiritual health. Excellent. You know, 
And that's your choice point. Yes. You're making a choice. I choose to get up in the morning. I choose not to, not to put negativity in my mind. Yeah, because no whatever way. you listen to and whatever you focus on, whatever your educational or, or uh, sensory background is, you take things in in a certain way. And you are always the gatekeeper. Mm-hmm. You're, you're always the director of what you, of the performance you experience. You direct, produce, perform all day long. Direct, produce, perform. Direct, produce, perform. And in this uh, particular leadership program that, I, that I'm on faculty for, we, we talk about living with lights on versus lights off. And what's it going to take for you to turn your lights back on? Well, one of them is you got to quarantine negativity. Yes. Inside the castle, or else it'll be the boss of you. Right. And you don't want it to be the boss of you, because then that's when ugly things start to happen. Stonewalling, negative behavior, ugly talk, all kinds of stuff. You can see it all over the place. Oh, Unplugging from social media is another, is another uh, positive choice. If you've really been bumped, and you really have a frequency of stress running through your system, and you're producing the stress hormone, which is only giving you three choices. Whenever the stress hormone is driving your bus, it's only fight, flight, or freeze. That's lights off. Mm -hmm. However, when you choose to live with lights on and you direct, produce, and perform possibility with that positive energy and choice point, then you live with lights on and you're able to tune into the possible. What's possible for me right now? And believe me, I say this with a lot of compassion because there were times when I was, there was two times I flatlined. I actually died. Really? and, and, and saw my body, and they were called, called Code Blue. Mm. And they were working on my body, and I remember having this profound sense of, of freedom and, and, and sur- surrounding with this profound sense of love. There was also the thought of, why are these people so stressed? Because I could see and see and watch just the anxiety that they were experiencing working on reviving my body. Mm-hmm. That's why I call it an earth suit, because it is an earth suit. We're, we're journeying, sojourning through, through this life experience. I believe it's not our home, and so it's it's we're, we're sojourning through here. And what do you get to take with you? Well, one thing I definitely learned is you get to take love with you. Yeah, that's <laughs> so that's true. That's all I felt. You know, and how are you, and how are you loving your? How well are you loving yourself? Well, if I if I surround myself with negativity and I entertain it and give it breakfast in bed, and it's a little serpent that slithers in, and I serve it Starbucks in bed and take care of it and nurture it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's taken up space between your two ears. Yes. Trying to evict. Yeah. We're the landlord. But forget we can do that. And we have the power to do that. You have, listener, you have the power to do that. You bet. Well, who are you giving free rent to between your two ears today? That's trashing your interior world. You are empowered to make a choice. To evict. Mm-hmm. It is possible. And like I said, I say it with a lot of compassion because, man, your mind will get, you, you'll get, you'll get hijacked so quickly by the two questions. I need to know how this will turn out. If I just know this, then I'll feel safe. Really? What would it take for you to feel safe now? Whether you know or whether you don't know? Yes. How about, how about exploring what that might look like? Mm-hmm. Incredible. So listen, we have to wrap up. Yes. I want to have you back on and give the listeners your website. Sure. So my main website is Lauren, my name, LaurenEMiller.com, LaurenEMiller.com. And then again, my the podcast, that's my mission URL, which is EdgeGodIn.com. Not out. Ego is EdgeGodOut. This mm-hmm. URL is EdgeGodIn.com. 
I want to thank you so much for calling in. I've really enjoyed talking to you. The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. 